congregation, the text for this morning's sermon is found in the passage which we read from. The focus will be then on Matthew chapter 22, the first 14 verses. And after the proclamation of God's word, let us respond in song. Let us respond by the singing of hymn 50. Hymn 50, the stanzas 5, 6, and 7. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as we are invited, called to a feast, as you and I are called, called by our Lord God, called to the great marriage feast. How are you responding to this call, to this invitation? Every Sunday you're called. Every time you read the word, you hear the words, you're called. Yes, called to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to truly love him and love one another. Indeed, how do each one of us respond? to this wonderful invitation. How does that response show in, in our everyday life? In anticipation of this upcoming feast, are we walking in the way of righteousness each day? Do we truly seek to love the Lord God, love one another? In that way, really ready for the marriage feast? In heaven? Or are we indifferent? Indifferent to the Lord's call, to the Lord's invitation, having the attitude of whatever, or are we too busy with ourselves to be really ready? Beloved, as the Lord Jesus Christ concluded at the end of our text of this morning, many are called, many are invited. But few are chosen. As the call of our Lord God has gone out to many, continues to go out to many, also to us here, all of us, we need to truly repent and believe. And this way we confirm our call and election. And he, the Lord God, has chosen from eternity to bring a, a definite number of people to full salvation on the last day. And through an invitation, through the call to many, the Lord God brings his elect to full salvation on that last day. But how are we to be there in that great assembly of God's elect in life eternal? Well, being a member here and just sitting here every Sunday listening to sermons will not bring you there. Now we need to heed the call of the gospel. We need to respond to the covenant promises with a living faith, repentant lifestyle. And when we do this, yes, we confirm our call and election. And so God's word then comes to you this morning summarized under this theme. Many are called, but few are chosen. Well, pay attention to three things. First, the rejected invitation. 
Second, the filled wedding hall. And third, the missing wedding clothes. I repeat, many are called, but few are chosen. And we'll pay attention then first to the rejected invitation, the filled wedding hall, and the missing wedding clothes. Brothers and sisters, in the passage which we read from, we find our our Lord and Savior busy teaching. Teaching in parables. As we just read, a series of parables, three parables. Parables about our response to our Lord and Savior. Because our Lord Jesus Christ was coming to the end of his earthly ministry. You could say Christ's time was looming before him. Yes, as you read in the beginning of, of chapter 21, the Lord Jesus had just entered Jerusalem. As he had done that on Palm Sunday, he entered the holy city to the wonderful shouts of Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And yes, entering the holy city, our Lord Jesus then began the last part of his teaching ministry. Therefore, the last week of his life on earth, he would be teaching God's people. He would be speaking about what was yet to come. Indeed, the teaching of the last part of the prop of the gospel of Matthew was prophetic. Yes, here our Lord Jesus spoke about what would happen to him shortly, and what would also happen to God's covenant people, Israel, in the years to come. Yes, for what would be the response to God's call? God had been calling his people. Already in the old covenant, God called his people. And what did they do then? What did they do to his prophets? In unbelief, they killed them. And then in the New Testament, he called, he called by the greatest of the prophets, John the Baptizer. What was the response to this call? Well, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, they repented and believed. The chief priests, the elders, they did not. And so the Lord Jesus pointed out in the parable of the two sons, as he said to them there, For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you still did not repent and believe. And what was the response to the one John the Baptizer spoke about? The one who was yet to come? The Lord Jesus Christ? Well, our Lord Jesus tells us what the response was in the parable of the tenants. There in that parable he talks about tenants. Tenants who did not produce fruits in keeping with repentance. Instead, when they saw the son, they said, said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. Take his inheritance. And so they took him, they threw him outside the vineyard, and they killed him. Is here our Lord Jesus Christ then prophesied about what they were going to do to him on, on Good Friday, how they would reject him and they would crucify him. And when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him. They were afraid of the crowd because the, 
The crowd held him that he was a prophet. Eventually they made their plans to trap him, and by the end of the week, under the cover of darkness, they would arrest him. They would have him brought before Pilate, and they would cry out, crucify him, crucify him. And eventually all the people would, would join in this cry, crucify him, crucify him. And so our Lord Jesus Christ would be crucified. And so he would lay down his life, he would lay down his life for his brides. So he paid for our sins, paid with blood for us, his brides. He paid the dowry for us. And then having died, he rose from the dead. First day of the week, he rose triumphant, he rose victorious. Thanks to his victory, we have salvation today. But is this salvation full? Is our bond with Jesus Christ perfect? No, we all have imperfections. Our sins, our struggles. How often are we not unfaithful to him? We are not as close to him as we should be. But just when will this happen? When will be that? When will that bond with him be perfected? Truly wholesome? Well, yes. He laid down his life for the bride. He paid the dowry. You can say we're engaged. What comes after engagement? What comes after betrothal? Well, according to the Jewish custom, the groom comes back for his bride. And then there is a wedding. There is a marriage. The marriage feast of the Lamb. Yes, a wedding feast is is there for, for those who repent and believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of the King. Indeed, then we receive the fullness of salvation. Then the marriage will be consummated. Then there will be no more sin. Then this bond will be perfected and fully enjoyed. Then there will be much celebration in the kingdom of heaven. And this is what our Lord Jesus Christ points out in the parable before us this morning, in the text of this morning. Yes, our Lord Jesus Christ here looks ahead. He looks forward. He looks at that time from his departure into heaven till the end of time. Until the time he comes for his bride, the church, for all who are truly his own. And when there will be a wonderful banquet, an everlasting joy and peace. As Jesus says here in our text, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And so the Lord Jesus Christ speaks about himself here. He is the son of the king. It is his wedding banquet that his father in heaven is preparing for. And yes, the wedding invitations have gone out. For as Jesus said, the king sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. As that was the custom at that time, there was the first invitation, the first call. Because weddings required major preparations. The exact time, the completion of the preparations was difficult to determine in advance. And there came then another invitation, another call. And what was the response to this call? Those who had been so graciously invited simply refused to come. 
And so the king sent more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatted cattle have been butchered. Everything is ready. Come, come to the wedding banquets. You would think they wouldn't refuse the call of the king to come. It's a royal call. Yet look what happened to the other call of the king. They paid no attention to it. They went off and did their own thing. One to his field, another to his business. They even called, invited, come to the banquet, to the wedding banquet of the sun. But they had different priorities in life. What was number one for them were their farms, their businesses. You would say they're all wrapped up in their work on their farms and their businesses. As far as they were concerned, they had no time for this wedding banquet stuff. You got work to do, really. You don't have time for this spiritual stuff, like get real. Besides, it doesn't really interest me too much. As that was the attitude of some, then there were the rest. And what did they do? They, they seized the king's servants, the ones who came to them with the invitation, one who said to them, Come. They seized them, mistreated them, and they killed them. First bunch would say were indifferent. The second group, second bunch were downright, downright hostile. They were abusive of the king's servants, even killing them, not wanting the king's wonderful invitation to be heard at all. And the king was enraged, rightfully so. He had been so gracious, so loving, by inviting, by calling out, come to the banquets. Now what would the king do? He sent his army, destroyed those murderers, burned their city. It's a just punishment for, for such wickedness, for such hate. Now what is the Lord Jesus Christ getting at? Well, he was pointing out here what would happen to Israel after his death and resurrection and ascension into heaven it's after those great deeds. What would happen? Servants would be sent out. The apostles would be sent out. They would be sent out, calling God's people of old to faith and repentance. And so the apostles came to the Jews. They came calling them to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, to come to his marriage feast. And so they went out, calling, inviting. Beloved, that is why the Gospel of Matthew was written. Yes, this Gospel was written by the Apostle Matthew for this purpose, to call the Jews, the covenant people of old, to repent and believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of the Great King. Now, what was the response of the Jews to the message of these servants? How many were indifferent? How many thought they had better things to do, like work, work on their farms and their businesses? Much too busy to pay attention to the call of the apostles. And then there were those who were downright hostile to the apostles, who mistreated the apostles, who even killed them. You know, but just look in the first part of the book of Acts. 
First Peter and John were, were threatened by the leaders of Israel, by the, by the scribes and the Pharisees. Then the apostles, the twelve apostles, were arrested and flogged by them. Then Stephen, stoned to death by the angry mobs. And Saul began to persecute the church there in Jerusalem. Then James was put to death with the sword. And then Peter was thrown into prison with the plan that he too be put to death. And then consider later on the plots on Paul's life. So they tried to silence the call of the gospel. And eventually what would happen to these unbelieving and unrepentant Jews? Those who refused to heed the call. The invitation. The Lord would come in just judgment on these Jews. He sent the Roman armies to destroy those murderers and burn their city. The Lord God did this in the year 70 A.D. Is then the Roman armies came towards the holy city, the city of Jerusalem. They destroyed the Jews, killing thousands. They burned Jerusalem to the ground. And yet, the call of God continued to go out. The wedding hall would be filled. But with whom? And that brings us to our second point. As the king continues to call. For what did the king say to his servants? The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come in. Go to the highways and invite to the banquet anyone you find. And so the call of our king goes, goes out further afield. It goes beyond the city walls, the city limits, out on the highways. Yes, the invitation, the call goes out far and wide, out into the big wide worlds. And invite, he says, anyone you find. Anyone. And so those servants, they went out by the byways and the highways and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was Filled with guests. Indeed, these servants called, and they called people indiscriminately. Invitations were not based on what was found in these people, but solely on the generous goodwill of the king. So there were really both good and bad, really all kinds of people, even the likes of beggars and, and prostitutes. They were most certainly not all the same. And, and so the wedding hall was filled with guests. Indeed, the Lord God would send out his servants. They would be sent out as witnesses, first in Jerusalem, in the city. And then as we read in the book of Acts, but also in all Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. Yes, the Lord God would first send his servants the apostles, the Jews, but then also to the Gentiles, to all the nations of the earth. And beloved, our Lord is, is still doing this. He's still sending us servants who call out to the ends of the earth. He calls out to many. He calls out to all types. He calls out to the foolish, to the useless, to the weak. To the troubled. He calls out to sinners. He calls out to you and to me. Beloved, this is the call of God's grace. He does not call us because of our merits. 
He doesn't call us because we are so nice or so good or so smart or so generous. Yes, so he calls. He calls indiscriminately. Calls out to everyone and with that call, with that invitation, there is the promise. He says, we confess in the canons of Dort, and the promise of the gospel is this, that whoever believes in Christ crucified shall not perish but have eternal life. And this promise, it ought to be announced and proclaimed universally and without discrimination to all peoples and to all men to whom God in his good pleasure sends the gospel together with the command, with the call to repent and believe. In the old dispensation, in the old covenant, the call just went to a few. A new covenant, the Lord God has taken away the distinction between people. He's revealed it to more. And so we confess. And so, beloved, as many as are called by the gospel, they are earnestly called. As God earnestly calls us, Sincerely calls us. Yes, he calls. Repent and believe. For with that call there is that wonderful promise of salvation in Jesus Christ. And many have heard the call. And the wedding hall is filled. Entirely, regardless of race, nationality, sex, or social status. So it's filled with people of all races, of all nationalities, Canadian, American, Sudanese, South African, Japanese, South of both sexes, male and female, of both rich and poor, but also the middle class. Yes, so the wedding hall is filled. But to remain in that wedding hall, you and I need to be wearing wedding clothes. And that brings us to our last point, the missing wedding clothes. As the Lord Jesus concludes this parable with, with the king coming into that wedding hall, and when he comes in, he, he sees the guests. And he, he takes note of one. He notices that one man is not wearing wedding clothes. And he asks, friend, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? Man was speechless. What's going on here? Here we have a king addressing this man. This man realizes that he has no ground to stand on. There's really no excuse. He's reduced to, to utter silence. Speechless. Literally, as it says, he's a lock on his mouth. There's no excuse for wearing his everyday clothes. Not a case of being poor. It's rather a case of unwillingness to wear the right clothes. Unwilling, you would say, to serve the king in righteousness. For when one was invited to a wedding one back then would dress up. Perhaps such clothes were supplied free of charge from the, from the king himself. Be that as it may, everyone knew to wear his or her best, 
We would say your, your Sunday best is such a feast, is such a banquet. But this man, this man really didn't care what he did. He didn't think it was extraordinary that he was allowed to come to the king's son's wedding feast. He didn't really appreciate how truly gracious the king was in, in calling him and inviting him. So he didn't really prepare himself. You say he came in his dirty clothes. But how are we to look when we come in the wedding hall? Well, what do we read in Revelation 19? We read there, Let us rejoice and give him the glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. That's us. How has she made herself ready? Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. And then it also says there, fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Righteous acts, righteous deeds of the saints. How can we have righteous acts, righteous deeds? Well, beloved, we are declared righteous before God by faith in Jesus Christ. If this blood poured out for the forgiveness of our sins, this were declared righteous before him. And we truly believe in our Lord and Savior and what he's done for us. And we will repent. And we will, by his spirit, then do righteous deeds, righteous works, righteous acts. And so, beloved, we're righteous by the blood and the spirit of Jesus Christ. We cannot separate what Christ does by his blood and spirit. If we truly believe in him, then we will live a life worthy, worthy of the calling we have received. And so the call is a call to repent and believe. Repent, that is change. Change clothes. Righteous works, righteous deeds must be evident in our lives. Clear for all to see. So yes, beloved, so let us be clothed. Clothed ourselves then with, with compassion and kindness and humility and, and gentleness and patience and love, to name a few things. Yes, so we must be clothed. And if we don't change clothes, well, then as the king said to his attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Indeed, our Lord God will, will tap us into the darkness of hell anyone who does not change, who does not give proof of a living faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's realize that God does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Yes, as the Lord Jesus concluded then, many are called, many are invited, but, but few are chosen. Or as it literally says, few are elected. Yes, many are called, but few have been elected from before the beginning of the world. Is the call of the gospel 
goes out, it goes out far and wide. It reaches ever so many. Yet many, like the man just mentioned, do not believe. As Matthew writes in chapter 7, But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only, only a few find it. And why don't many believe? Well, it's not because of any fault or, or defect of Christ's work. The fault lies with oneself. And why do others believe? Those who truly believe and are, are by the death of Jesus Christ free from their sins, saved from perdition, this benefit only comes through God's grace given to us from eternity in Christ. And God owes this grace to no one. Indeed, we must look to God. He has chosen and known in Christ from eternity, and He calls them. As he calls in time. Throughout history, he has been calling. He also calls today. And he requires them to, to response of faith and repentance. And so he delivers us from the power of darkness. He transfers us into the kingdom of his Son. So, beloved, we're all called. Called to faith and repentance. And when we do repent and believe, we confirm our call and election. And so we are then to see the fruits of God's election, of God's choosing us from eternity in our everyday lives. Fruits such as a true faith in Jesus Christ. A childlike fear of God. A godly sorrow for our sins. And a hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Indeed, we will want to do then what is right. So we will, by the working of the Spirit within us, then be clothed with righteous deeds. Therefore, beloved, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For it is for it you do these things, you will never fail. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.